You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. We're talking about a shift in our lives specifically. We're talking about prayer. And I just wanted to say today, I know we've got intercessors in this house. You know what an intercessor is? They wake up praying. They go to sleep praying. They got a prayer journal. They are always attuned to the Holy Spirit. Their function in the house is to intercede and to call on heaven. And that's, that's life for them. But I also know we have other people in our house today who, who barely pray. And if I were to call on you right now and say, how long have you been at Passions of the Church? I've been coming around here a couple of years. I'd say, great, come lead us in prayer right now. You'd be like, oh, no, no, I don't. No, no I don't do that. Thank you so much. Not in front of people anyway. And we've got people all over the spectrum on prayer. And so what I'd really love to do today is sort of lean in and help all of us find an on-ramp, if you will, by remixing some of the routine prayers a lot of us have prayed our whole life so that we can get some fresh words and some more accurate theology into our prayers. We talked last week, and this isn't the be-all, end-all definition of prayer. We just, as a starting place, said prayer is a steady state of awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit, creating a constant and seamless union of heart and mind with the Almighty that shifts earthly perspectives, plans, and purposes as heaven becomes visible on earth. And the shift that I would love to see happen today is a shift in some of the basic things that we pray so that we can move from the rote into a relationship, from the routine into the real. Let me show you what I mean by this. I'm going to put a sample prayer up. Uh, Someone just said, hey, do you mind uh, blessing the food? And uh, so you said, okay, yes, I'll do it. And uh, let's see if we can work this one out together. Just see if you know what goes in the blanks. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. We always have to start with that. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. That gives us time to gather our thoughts, center ourselves in the Lord, refocus everything, and think about our prayer. So it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. Dear Lord, thank you for this. Oh, I'm already giving you the answer. It's not going to do that. Okay, let me just give you the blanks. Uh, Don't put anything in the blank yet. So we're going to work this out together. Uh, We thank you for this. So this is a prayer for our meal. So we kind of know what's going to come next, but I'm not telling you yet. Give you time to work it out. Talk to your neighbor. We thank you for this blank and for the blank that blanked it. (laughs) Kind of obvious, right? We ask that you fill in the blank this food to something and something, our bodies, anybody with me so far, so that you may use us for your, in Jesus' name, amen. Anybody prayed that prayer? Anybody prayed that prayer before? No, no, let's see a big show of hands if you've prayed that prayer. Okay, we're going to fill in the blanks now just in case uh, you're new to church and new to the Lord, you don't know how it all works. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. We thank you for this food. And thank, thank, uh, I think we missed a word there. Thank you for the hands that prepared it. But what if no hands prepared it? (laughs) What if someone just took an orange and put it on the table? 
don't, doesn't matter. We ask that you use this food to strengthen and nourish our bodies. Don't you wish you had the patent on that phrase? <laughs> you could trademark that. Strengthen and nourish our bodies so that you may use us for your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that special? Don't you know when you finish that prayer, people are just in awe of God. The, the presence of God is so palpable in the moment. And people are like, give glory to God. No, people are just grabbing their plates and going through the buffet. Because there was no God moment. There was no heaven on earth moment. There was no sense of connection, relationship. It was just the ordinary. It was the routine. It was the rote. It's what we learned from somebody who learned it from somebody who learned it from somebody. And when you pray for the food, this is how you pray. Now, if you want to get crazy and throw in a specific like the turkey, or if you want to throw in somebody's name, thank you for Aunt Betty who made it. Whoa, you can go there. But for the most part, it's kind of the ordinary, and that's, that's kind of funny and something we can all laugh at. But if this is our prayer life, then, man, we're missing a great opportunity. Jesus, in this text we were looking at last week in Matthew 6, he sets it up in verse 5. And he says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And notice how he's going to speak into now this idea of the routine, of the ritual, of the external he says, don't be like them. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go in your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. That phrase alone will shift our entire dialogue with God. Your Father already knows what you need before you ask Him. So why ask Him? Because we're children. And we have the opportunity to, but as we do, we're already confident that our Father already is in motion knowing everything we need before we would even know to ask Him what we need. But He said, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, when you pray, pray to heaven. Call on heaven. And I think what God is wanting to say, I know what God is wanting to say in these weeks that we're in this collection, is you have an opportunity to call on heaven. Take your shot. You're calling on heaven. It's not just a routine, something rote, some ritual. We have the opportunity because our Father is in heaven. So I can be anywhere on planet Earth and instantly have a direct connection to heaven. 
That's a shift. That's a shift. And it shifts in a couple of really basic prayers. I'm going to talk about four prayers that need to be remixed today. And the first one is this. Lord, bless me. Bless us. Uh, One of our favorite ones, Lord, bless this time. Bless this gathering. Bless this meal. Bless church today. Bless our whatever. Lord, bless me. And I want us to understand today that something powerful has happened to us in our relationship with Jesus. And it is that we have come under an extraordinary blessing, you and me. We are blessed. I'll just give us a couple of places. Ephesians chapter 1, central thought. He's saying to these followers in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You're like, I I know, but I've got a big... uh, big thing coming up in my work tomorrow, and I don't know if that really fits into every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because that all sounds like a little bit, you know, ethereal. I I really have a thing, and I need to to close this deal tomorrow. So I'm asking God to bless my meeting tomorrow with this person to close the deal. Well, I think that's not a terrible thing, personally. I would be walking into a deal saying, Lord, I just want you to touch this situation. But are you walking into that business moment knowing you are blessed? So when you woke up that day, you didn't wake up and go, I need to come to God to get a blessing. You woke up that day entering into a day with God knowing that you already were under the blessing of God. You are not cursed, you are blessed. Maybe you have a curse over your life from some past situation or circumstance, but Jesus has the power through his blood to break that curse. And what heaven is speaking over you is you're a loved son or a loved daughter of a father who is in heaven and you have the blessing of heaven on your life. You move in the blessing. You walk in the blessing. You are a child of blessing. And that's a shift for a lot of us to get out of the I don't and into the I do. Out of the I need and into the I have. Out of the I'm not and into the I am. And I'm moving with a shift in my mind. Matthew chapter 6 is where we are, but we're in the middle of a sermon that Jesus is giving. And the sermon starts the chapter before in chapter 5. And it begins this way in chapter 3. Blessed are the poor. Then you go to verse 4. Blessed. Verse 5, blessed. Verse 6, blessed. Verse 7, blessed. Verse 8, blessed. Verse 9, blessed. Verse 10, blessed. Verse 11, blessed. This sermon that we're reading and understanding about how to come to a Father in heaven starts with, you're blessed. And so this is a shift of our mind. I know a lot of us are not in the flow with God, and so I, I've been there, and we, we're not on board with God the whole journey, so now we realize, oh my goodness, I've kind of come to the moment, and I need to ask heaven to bless what I'm doing, whatever it is. Bless this marriage. Bless our, 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 our youth gathering tonight. Bless uh, this food. Bless whatever. Uh, and so now I'm like, oh, we need heaven to sort of put the stamp of blessing on this thing. 
But what God would prefer is that I get in the flow with him and that I know that I'm moving with him so that when I get to the moment, I already know God is in the moment. And I don't have to throw a Hail Mary at the last second and go, Lord, please bless this. I always would wonder what would happen if God said, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) No, and it starts in 20 minutes. Well, you got people coming in the parking lot. There are people out in the foyer. We need you to bless it. No, I'm not going to bless it. And then there we would be doing X, Y, or Z, knowing we didn't have the blessing of God. Versus being in the flow with God and having him say, let's go this way. And let's go, yes, let's go this way. We want to go your way. It's like what Moses said when he was saying to God, how will people know we're your people? And God said, I'm going to go with you. And Moses said, well, obviously you're going to go with us because if you don't go with us, we're not going. But we go, and then at the last minute, Lord, we need you to bless this. Versus starting with God and moving with God and knowing we're in the flow with God so that when we get to the moment, we already know, and we, we, we're not asking at the moment. We're saying, Holy Spirit, come. We're saying, Holy Spirit, move. We're saying, God, have your way. We're saying, thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this moment. But we're not saying, dear Lord, please bless this. We've already understood that we've been moving in the blessing all along. Genesis in chapter 49, Jacob is speaking to his sons. And you're like, well, why does that matter to me? Because you're in this story. One of his sons was Joseph, and Joseph is the line of Jesus, and Jesus is your line. He says in verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. And then he comes down, and he says in verse 24, but his bow remained steady, his strong arm stayed limber. Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the heavens above, blessings of the deep that lie below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. From From the beginning of our story, God has been speaking and proclaiming his blessing, and we are in that blessing in this moment in Christ. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing we will ever need. We are in that place now. So how do we remix this prayer? Lord, bless us, bless me, bless our time. We we remix it this way. Thank you, Father, that I am blessed. Let me, in this moment, bless your name. One amen at Cumberland. (laughs) Feeling good. Number two, prayer, a lot of us pray, Lord, be with us. Lord, be with us. Here we go now, be with us. 
Lord, will you be with me today? I got my first day of class. I got my first day of training. I got my first day of being married. I got, my, I got this thing coming up. Lord, please be with us. What a crazy prayer. You're like, well, Louie, we don't mean like be with us. That's not really what we're saying. Okay, then what are we saying? We're saying, Lord, we need to know that you are in the midst. We would love to see evidence of this God who dwells within, moving with us in this moment. Okay, then pray that. But to ask God to be with us is a ridiculous prayer. No? I love this is not going as good as I I hoped it would. (laughs) Dear Lord, please bless this talk. (laughs) Most of us know this text, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. And what? I no longer live. But Christ, can you say it with me, lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I am asking a God who lives in me to be with me. We need a shift. It's as if we're calling on someone in Cleveland who by the power of Holy Spirit incarnation is in a human body and then by that same spirit now Christ has come to live in us. And we're saying, dear Lord, please be with me. He's like, I um, I live in you. Let's remix that prayer. What do you say we remix that prayer? And what do you say we just don't pray anymore, Lord, be with me? Lord, be with us. What what if we prayed this prayer instead? Thank you, God, that you are here and you dwell in me. Jesus, live through me. This one is going to get interesting. Two more. Third one. And I'm just going to go through this one pretty quick because I think this will require conversation later amongst you and your friends and family. Watch over and protect me. And I'm going to go easy here because I'm, I'm in this with you. I do not want to pray for hardship. I do not want to pray for uh, difficulty. But I'm wondering where our entire prayer life decided it would park at watch over and protect us. But that's in the mix, right? I don't know where we learned it. I learned it from the people that taught me how to pray, and they learned from the people that taught them how to pray. Dear Lord, watch over and protect us. And I'm not saying we should pray, Lord, don't watch over us and don't protect us, but we also have a heavenly Father who knows what we need before we need it. Don't we think he's watching over us? And don't we know that his angels are working on our behalf? It's a shift, and I think it's a shift primarily that aligns with our mission. And if my mission is safety and security, I'm going to keep praying this prayer. But if my mission is the advance of the gospel of Jesus to the ends of the earth, this is probably not going to be my primary prayer. We talked about it last week, and I want to just take us back there for a second. Acts chapter 4. 
All of heaven is breaking out on earth in this moment. And there is a visible clash between heaven and hell, between darkness and light, as the gospel is birthed on earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as the believers are praying in Acts 4, after Peter and John have been held up by the authorities, threatened by the authorities, are being intimidated by the authorities, they come back, there's a prayer meeting, the prayer meeting ends with this. If you notice um, down to verse 29, now, Lord, we talked about this last week, but I want you to see it again. Consider their threats. That's the authorities, the powers that be, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And this is where we would have inserted and watch over and protect us. But it's not there. The prayer goes on, stretch out your hand to heal, perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's the prayer. You, You know their threats, consider their threats, enable or empower your people so that we may move and demonstrate the power that is in the holy name of Jesus. And at the end of this, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Talk about a shift. God liked this prayer. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Turn the page. A few pages over. Stephen is dead. Turn the page. A few pages over. People are scattered. Turn the pages. A few pages over. A ship is wrecked. Turn the pages a few pages over and you get to the end of Acts and all the heroes of Acts are dead. And nowhere along the way did any of them pray, dear Lord, watch over and protect us. They all prayed, Lord, give us power to move in your name. You say, Louis, two different things. We're talking about taking a long car trip with the family. We want the Lord to watch over and protect us. These people were like taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Exactly. So what's the remix? I, I think this is a great remix, whether you're on your way to New Mexico in a car trip or whether you're on your way to Nepal to preach the gospel to people who are living in darkness. Lord, we commit our way to you. Empower and use us. We're loading up the car. We're going to New Mexico. We're heading out. Lord, we commit this trip to you. Along this trip, Lord, will you empower and use us so that somewhere between here and New Mexico, heaven will be visible on earth? And I believe God says, yeah, I'll actually even shake the car a little bit. I'm on on board with that. That's the kind of person I want to link up with in life. One more. Can we do one more? Please forgive me. Oh, Louie, you are wrecking all of theology, and (laughs) you, you have to deal with God on that great day, not us. I know. I think some of you are stuck in this prayer. 
And it is a cycle for you. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. But I want to take you to Colossians chapter 2 and give you a different lens by which you can pray this prayer. A shift, if you will. This is maybe the greatest shift of all of our lives. I think there couldn't be a greater shift for a believer than this shift. In Colossians 2, 13, it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us, can you say this with me, all our sins. Let's try that again. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. So, so did God in Christ through faith forgive us for all of our sins? Then why do we ask God to forgive us for our sins? Well, we're not really asking him to forgive us for our sins, Louis. When we say that, what we're really saying to God is, I know that you've already forgiven all my sins through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, but it's good for me just to confess what I've done because that clears the air in the relationship that we have. So I want to say I'm sorry that I did something really foolish, even though I'm a forgiven son of God, and I want to admit it and confess it to you. That's what we're saying. Okay, then why don't we say that? Why don't we shift out of the routine and put some fresh words in our mouth that actually express the reality of where we are? And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you are washed by the blood of the Lamb, you don't have to ask God to forgive you. And it really honestly doesn't honor God for you to keep asking Him to forgive you. It honors God when you say, wow, I am forgiven. Past, present, future, I'm forgiven. So I want to remix that prayer into something that's powerful and meaningful. And this would be the remix. Because we do sin, by the way. Father, I confess my sin to you. In other words, I'm, I'm just owning up to it. I want to get it out on the table. Not that you don't know, but I just, I need to hear myself say it to you. And if necessary, to someone else, I want to confess my sin. And then I pray, thank you for the forgiveness that I have in Jesus. Man, that is such a shift. I'm not here to get a blessing. I'm, I'm coming knowing I'm already blessed. I'm not here to say, Lord, be with me. I know the King of heaven lives in me. I'm not coming to say, Lord, please put me in a little protective bubble all the days of my life. I'm saying, God, use me all the days of my life. And I'm coming to you saying, God, I know the price you paid. And yes, I'm wrong. Yes, I'm 
foolish. Yes, I made a terrible decision, and I'm so sorry about it, God, and I confess it to you, but thank you for the cross, and thank you for the blood, and thank you for forgiveness. I claim it. I receive it. What a shift that is. Father, I confess my sin to you. Thank you for the forgiveness I have in Jesus. I receive it, and I choose to turn to you and to follow your ways. What a remix that is. Father, forgive me. It keeps me stuck in the cycle over here. But Father, I confess it. Thank you for forgiveness. I, I'm turning away from this foolish choice and I'm choosing, Lord, to follow your way. Puts me on a new path with God. What are we doing? We're, we're using real truth, hello, to inform real words <laughs> that foster a real connection and a real relationship with God. Not prayers prayed in rote that honestly probably bounce off heaven and do nothing to invigorate the spirit that is within us. God is inviting you into a relationship with him. Awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit that is creating this union of heart and mind that creates a shift in us. So now I'm talking to someone and I'm using real words that are based in real truth. And it's fostering a real relationship with God. I don't want us to turn into little prayer legalists. So if your friend praise dear Lord thank you for this day let him go Just let him go say amen but I want you to notice in the next little season of life how many of these tired phrases are in the prayers that we hear and the prayers that we say and I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to jettison the rote and to give us real words based in real truth because we are in a real relationship with God Almighty. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.